Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker. Joining us today is Dr. John T. Berger, MD, FCCM, the Medical Director for Cardiac Critical Care at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C. Dr. Berger is with us today to discuss his article, Critical Pertussis Illness in Children, a Multicenter Prospective Cohort Study published in the May 2013 Pediatric Critical Care Medicine. Thank you for being with us today, Dr. Berger. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, John, as I'm sure all of our listeners are well aware, pertussis has uh, sort of reemerged as a common problem in pediatrics, and especially in infants. Um, Can you give us some background on why you did your study on critical pertussis? Sure. So uh, even in countries like the United States, as you just alluded to, uh, pertussis uh, is uh, rising significantly since the 1980s. In 2010, there were 27,000 cases reported to the CDC, which is the most since 1959. And in 2011, there were still over 18,000 cases. Besides the United States, pertussis remains a significant world health problem with an estimated 30 to 50 million cases per year and 300,000 deaths. Infants have the highest rates affecting 70 infants per 100,000 in 2011, and more than 50% of the infants with pertussis are hospitalized, according to the CDC. Uh, Infants are also the cohort that experiences the most complications, including seizures, encephalopathy, pneumonia, apnea, and death. So what did you do in this study? So this was a a prospective study that was first initiated by the Eunice Kennedy Shriver National Institutes of Child Health and Development Collaborative Pediatric Critical Care Research Network. The study included eight PICUs in the CPCCR network and 17 additional sites across the country. It was a prospective observational study. Um, We screened approximately 33,000 admissions per year looking for evidence of critical pertussis. Children who were 0 to 18 years of age with laboratory-confirmed disease were eligible if they had stayed for at least 24 hours in the PICU or had died. Enrollment first began at the first site in 2008, and in in this report we included um, patients who had complete data sets up to August 28, 2011. Uh, Data was collected uh, through daily chart abstraction, parental and staff interviews. We collected clinical, demographic, and laboratory data uh, at PICU emission and daily until discharge, 28 days, or death. Some of the clinical information that we collect includes the presence of complications such as seizures or pulmonary hypertension, the use of specific ICU therapies like ECMO, nitric oxide, or leukoreduction. So how many children with critical pertussis did you identify in this study? We were able to identify 143 uh, children, of whom 127 uh, consented uh, to be in the study. And what did you find when you reviewed all of these uh, charts and talked with the parents and the staff? Well, children uh, with critical pertussis uh, remain very young. We found that they had a median age of 49 days, and over 83% of them uh, were less than three months of age. Only 33 of the patients had received at least one uh, pertussis vaccination, and the cohort was evenly split between uh, males and females. 
Interestingly, ethnicity, uh, sex, uh, nor age, nor chronic disease differentiated survivors versus non-survivors. The most uh, frequent system on presentation uh, was cough, uh, although the cough duration was much less than the CDC case definition for pertussis. We had a mean, median duration of eight days for patients admitted. Um, other frequent symptoms included apnea present in 49% of the patients. 42% of the patients had a, a whoop. Neurologic symptoms on admission were rare, and only 9% of patients had seizures, while 20% had changes in uh, mental status. The median initial white blood cell count was uh, 27,000, with an intercortile range of 17,000 to 43,000. Uh, initial white blood cell counts greater than 50,000 were reported in uh, 25, and the relative risk of death for patients with a uh, white blood cell count greater than 50,000 was 9.8, with a 95% confidence interval of 2.8 to 34, uh, as compared to those with lower values. Pulmonary hypertension was reported in uh, 16 patients, or 13% uh, of the cohort. Seven uh, of the uh, 16 patients uh, had a cardiac arrest, and pulmonary hypertension was reported in 75% of the 12 patients who died versus 6% of survivors. Initial white blood cell count was also associated with pulmonary hypertension. None of the 16 patients had a pre-existing of pulmonary hypertension. All uh, 16 patients with pulmonary hypertension were uh, mechanically ventilated, and 14 received nitric oxide. Mechanical ventilation... Uh, was used in approximately 43% of the cohort with a median duration of eight days. Uh, patients who received mechanical ventilation were smaller for age, although not younger. Patients born prematurely tended to require mechanical ventilation more frequently, although this did not reach statistical significance. Again, those who were mechanically ventilated had higher initial white blood cell counts, but not absolute lymphocyte counts. Survival for those requiring mechanical ventilation was 80% versus 99% in those patients without respiratory failure. 24 patients received vasoactive agents during their PICU course. The need for vasoactive agents differed significantly between survivors and non-survivors. 14 patients received leuco reduction, uh, 12 received exchange transfusion, one patient received leukophoresis, and one patient received uh, both. The median uh, white blood cell count was 72,000 on the day that uh, leuco reduction was initiated. There was approximately 50% reduction in the median white blood cell count when compared the white blood cell count value on the day of the first treatment to the day following. Uh, eight of the uh, patients undergoing leuco reduction had pulmonary hypertension reported. Of the 25 patients with an initial white blood cell count greater than 50,000, 13 received leukoreduction therapy. Of these 13, eight survived compared to nine survivors in the 12 patients with an initial white blood cell count greater than 50,000 who are not treated with leukoreduction. 12 patients, 9% of the cohort, died during the acute hospital course. The time of death ranged from zero to 70 days after admission. Most patients who died had a short, shorter period of time of intensive care. Seven patients who died were less than two months of age at admission, and all were less than one year old. Ethnicity, immunization status, history of prematurity, and history of chronic illness did not significantly 
uh, differ between patients who died and those who survived. Uh, with regard to the pulmonary hypertension, um, how was that determined and how was that diagnosed? The pulmonary hypertension was um, uh, determined by echocardiograms. The protocol did not specify that all patients should receive an echocardiogram, and the, the desire to get an echocardiogram was at the clinician's discretion. And the decision to leucophorese or uh, leucoreduce the patients was also, I assume, at the um, clinician's discretion? Correct. This was just an observational, prospective observational study. Uh-huh. It looked to me from one of the tables as though the children who died had a somewhat shorter duration of cough prior to presentation than um, did the survivors. Did I read that correctly? Yes, you did. That is correct. Do you think the fact that the non-survivors had a shorter duration of cough before presentation perhaps suggests that they're sicker to begin with or they have a worse prognosis? Is this something that potentially could be helpful to us You know, when we first see these children? That is a hard question to answer. I don't think we have enough um, clinical detail about the cough in these uh, patients to use it as a marker like that. An elevated white blood cell count uh, seems to be associated with mortality. Do you have um, some thoughts as to why that might be? Patients, uh, there are two uh, hypotheses related to um, uh, mortality in a pertuss- critical pertussis illness. Um, one is the, the implication that uh, white, elevated white blood cell counts uh, lead or are associated with the development of pulmonary hypertension. Uh, the most common reasons that uh, our most common descriptions used to explain the development of pulmonary hypertension include uh, acute vasoconstriction either from endothelial dysfunction and toxin-related mechanisms or uh, reduction of the pulmonary vascular cross-sectional area from an obstructive leukosequestration. Um, the other hypothesis relating uh, to uh, mortality and critical pertussis illness is also an, an altered immune response that prevents patients from either clearing uh, pertussis, uh, bordadella pertussis, and or a secondary infection. So how does your study inform our current practice in pediatric critical care? Well, I think we, we, our study shows that we, we have reported a very, an association between uh, a very high white count uh, mortality and pulmonary hypertension. Um, most of the children uh, in this cohort were too young to benefit from direct uh, immunization, and consequently we need to understand this disease better and develop uh, strategies to treat pertussis. Um, The uh, finding of pH uh, and its important role in mortality, uh, as as I said, requires further study. I think we can take away from the study that any infant who is requiring vasoactive agents or is mechanically ventilated uh, with pertussis illness should be screened uh, for uh, pulmonary hypertension by echocardiography, uh, and certainly those children who have uh, high white cell counts. What, what about leukoreduction? 
Leukerd reduction is an, uh, an interesting um, uh, therapy in this disease. As, as we've uh, discussed, uh, white counts are very high. However, we did not detect a survival benefit. And this contrasts with the study by Roland et al., which was a case cohort series uh, demonstrating uh, leukemia reduction improved um, uh, mortality in their uh, single center study. And I think certainly a further studies and uh, a prospective trial regarding leukemia reduction should be considered. You alluded earlier to this being an interim analysis. What are the plans for the full study? How long is it planned to go or how many patients are you planning to study? This study is to include a uh, total enrollment of 200 patients. One of the primary outcomes of, of the longer study is to look at the neurodevelopmental outcome of children approximately one year after their pertussis illness. Which I think will address an important question with regards to critical pertussis. How about, lo- how about long-term pulmonary outcomes? Is there any information on that? We're not collecting that, although that is a very good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about what further studies need to be done. You already suggested studies on leukoreduction and um, perhaps a more definitive plan for who should should have an echo uh, to look for pulmonary hypertension. Um, Are there other studies you think we should do? I think that the uh, additional studies into the pathophysiology of critical pertussis illness are warranted uh, to uh, test hypotheses that infants with co-infection or persistent pertussis may have uh, reduced immune response and or uh, look at the uh, pathobiology of pulmonary hypertension and critical pertussis. Do you have any final comments you'd like to make today? Yes, I think that uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak about uh, a disease that um, continues to be an important uh, pathogen uh, worldwide uh, and certainly deserves additional study to look at the treatment of the disease, not just its prevention. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. We have been talking with Dr. John T. Berger, MD, FCCM, from the Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., discussing the article, Critical Pertussis Illness in Children, a Multicenter Prospective Cohort Study, published in Pediatric Critical Care Medicine in May 2013. This concludes another edition of the iCritical Care podcast. Please check out our website at www.sccm.org slash iCriticalCare for more information. You can now find us on Stitcher and Beyond Pod, as well as on iTunes. For the iCritical Care podcast, I'm Dr. Margaret Parker. SCCM has a variety of new and updated publications for dedicated critical care experts like you. Visit SCCM's online store at www.sccm.org store. For SCCM's logo apparel, visit www.sccm.org apparel. Margaret Parker, MD, FCCM, serves as an associate editor for the iCritical Care Podcasts. Dr. Parker is Professor of Pediatrics at Stony Brook University in New York and is the Director of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Stony Brook University Medical Center. A former President of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Dr. Parker is involved in quality improvement and standardization of care in the pediatric ICU, as well as resident education. 
Her clinical interests include severe sepsis and septic shock in children. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members.